Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who just had green beans for the first time, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I actually have not had them. Or you yet. haven't. You're going to. That's you're <laughs> no. you're going to have. This I am going to. I am going to try green beans for the first time. Um, I've never had green beans before. Are they good? What do you think? They're okay. I, I mean, they're opinion. they're just they're fine. I don't know. <laughs> they're they're not. I okay, wouldn't say well, they're good, but I wouldn't say they're bad either. They're fine. What do you think, Ben? Well, I well, think they're what, great. I haven't, I haven't even introduced Bendon yet. He, no one knows he's well, here. Well, I yet. introduced him. Okay. I'll, Hi Ben, how are you? Ben's here today with us, everyone. <laughs> what up? Well, welcome, I, Ben. I think green beans are pretty good. I, I like them. They're one of my favorite vegetables. Not that that list is huge or anything, but I mean they're probably in top three or four. I think they're good. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to try them. Probably not gonna try them today, but we'll, we'll try them eventually. But we do have a great episode uh, for you all planned today. Let's start it off right in college basketball. We had a lot of top teams play yesterday. A lot go on this week. So, Trevor, start us off with some games that you want to call out. Yeah, so a wild week in college basketball. We had a lot of upsets yesterday. Um, but the first game I want to talk about, which isn't really an upset um, because this team was the home team. They were favored. Uh, this game was Illinois against Wisconsin. Uh, Illinois beat Wisconsin 80-67. to You know, just another great Big Ten matchup. We've had a lot of these really great Big Ten matchups because there are, I mean, the Big Ten, frankly, is probably the best league in college basketball. I mean, it's either, it's between the Big Ten, the Big 12, and maybe even the SEC. I, I think the Big Ten's probably the best just because of the, the depth of, of all of the solid teams, the teams that can beat you on every given night. So this was a really good one. Um, Kofi Coburn uh, completely dominated this game. He had 37 points, 12 rebounds, uh, made 16 of his 19 shots. So that's just incredible. Uh, definitely uh, helps his case for uh, Naismith Player of the Year. He's in contention there with a few other guys. One of those other guys is actually uh, was in the same game for the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis also had a pretty good game. Uh, struggled a little bit shooting, but still managed to put up 22 points and 15 rebounds. Um, obviously, you know, not not his best game, but still, you, you, 22 and 15, you have those numbers. It's, it's pretty darn good, despite the fact that he only shot 5 and 19 from the field. So really good game here from Illinois, you know, defending their home court, um, getting pr- production from other players as well. Uh, this was uh, the return for Andre Curbelo, uh, the guard for Illinois. He was out for a couple weeks. Um, and is now back. So, you know, seeing, you know, we kind of got to see Illinois at full strength. They were, you know, pretty high on the uh, preseason radar. Obviously, they were a really good team last year. They lost Io DeSumo, who is now, you know, playing very well for the Chicago Bulls coming off the bench. But, you know, this Illinois team finally getting back to full strength, they could be a team that's that's really in the mix here, you know, and have a shot to win the Big Ten. So we'll see, you know, how they continue to, to grow as a team and, you know, kind of get that chemistry, uh, getting a good rhythm there. So that game was a good one. Uh, next game I wanted to mention uh, was Arizona and UCLA. This was part two. Uh, they played each other last week um, in Pauley Pavilion, uh, UCLA's home court, and UCLA won the game. Now, uh, you know, they, they go to Arizona. They play in, which is probably the uh, probably the best, I would say probably the best arena in the Pac-12, just as far as, like, the fan, the fan engagement. I mean, those fans are pretty, pretty wild. I mean, they're they're very loud. Uh, that arena seats a lot of people uh, at the University of Arizona. And Arizona, you know, they 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 even the score. They got the win, seventy six sixty six. 
uh, very good game from their bigs. You know, it seemed like uh, they really made it, made a point to use the size to their advantage because Arizona is a big team. They have a lot of talented, athletic wings and bigs. And UCLA, you know, they have Hami Hawkes, who's, you know, he's about 6'7", 6'8". They got Cody Riley. Like, they do have some bigger guys. But compared to Arizona, Arizona does have that size advantage. So they really uh, use that um, to their advantage. And then you had the guards from Arizona who were very patient. They weren't, you know, like jacking up shots. They were they were patient. They got it to the bigs. And they played some really good defense. So Arizona gets the win there. Both of these teams are going to be uh, contenders to potentially make a big run in the NCAA tournament uh, to watch out for. And I, I, in particular, I really like this Arizona team. I've watched them quite a few times now, and I think they have a maybe not a complete team because I think uh, I think their weak point is probably the point guard position. They don't really have um, a great point guard to kind of distribute the ball, but they have really talented wings. Uh, ben Matherin be- being uh, the best one, and then you have some really athletic, uh, talented bigs as well, that, and they play great defense. So Arizona, definitely a team to watch out for as we get closer to March. Uh, final game I'm going to mention, you know, there, again, there's so many games that I could mention, but I'm going to mention this one, Duke, North Carolina, the, the obviously the huge rivalry. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, I think this is the greatest rivalry in sports, and Duke completely dominated North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina, you know, they haven't been very good this year. I think they only have, like, one uh, uh, Q1 win. Like, they don't really have a lot of good resume wins, um, but Duke completely dominated and I mean I I guess this shouldn't be too surprising because you look at the two rosters of the teams and it's like you know Duke has Palabincaro who's going to be a top three pick they have Mark Williams who's like a really good center who might be a first round pick they have AJ Griffin who now has really burst on the scene as like a really good defensive wing who who suddenly now is becoming seems seemingly a really good shooter yesterday I think he had his career high in points, um, he's supposed to be like a top 10, top 12 pick in the NBA draft. So Duke has a lot of talent. North Carolina can't really match that. And um, that was pretty evident on the floor last night. So those are just a few games to mention. We did have some big upsets. Um, Brandon, I'm sure you would want to highlight the the Michigan State upset. Rutgers put a beating on them yesterday, 84-63. But um, certainly a lot of good games in college basketball. Here as we are now into February, getting you know, every week, every week that goes by, we get closer to March. Yeah, and this Arizona team, Trevor, they beat USC yesterday, also number nine team in the nation. It seems like Arizona can be a, a, a really, really, really big competitor uh, come March for sure. Absolutely. Um, but let's let's move on. Let's move on to the NBA here. Um, again, to a couple of our topics there. Um, first up, we, we've seen Brooklyn. They're now on a, a nice little L7, um, as it says here on the standing sheet. Uh, they've lost it last seven. doesn't seem like they're really figuring out all well. They're 29-23. Uh, Trevor, what do you think the, the chances are for the Nets moving forward? Yeah, so Brooklyn now, like you said, they're 29-23, and which means they are only a half game ahead of the Toronto Raptors, who I'm about to talk about, um, who are currently in the seven seed. Uh, the Nets are the six seed. The Raptors are the seven seed. So Brooklyn here... They are in a little bit of, uh, I guess they're in jeopardy here, of falling into the play-in tournament, which is not a situation you want to be in. I mean, if you're the seventh seed in the play-in tournament, all it takes is two losses in a row for you to be out of the playoffs. So that's 
certainly not a situation where Brooklyn wants to be in. Now, uh, you know, all of these losses in a row, they've lost now seven in a row. They're two and eight in their last ten. Obviously, the biggest reason is because Kevin Durant's not there, right? Kevin Durant's out. He's not playing. But in addition, you look at how James Harden's been playing lately. You look at the fact that Kyrie can only play in road games. Uh, and then you look at the fact that, like, their depth isn't very good. Blake Griffin hasn't been the same player he was last year. All of this adds up to what we've seen, which is <laughs> seven losses in the row. Not a very great team when you don't have Kevin Durant. Um, and that's not totally what I expected. You know, I, I expected that James Harden would be able to pick up the slack and really lead this team to at least a few more victories. I mean, the fact that they've lost seven and seven straight, I, I never really imagined that because I thought with a player like James Harden and even Kyrie, like in these road games, I mean, these are two of the top, or at least last season, you know, they were two of the top 10, 15, 20 players in the NBA. You know, it's a little less clear if they are now, I guess. But mm-hmm. with, with I guess, this happening, now you can, you can wonder, like, uh, there's definitely some worry here with Brooklyn. Um, and, and also, we're hearing now stories about, oh, Harden might want out of Brooklyn. He might not like the situation with Kyrie only being available for these road games. And now there's a lot of, you know, trade talks about potentially a Harden-Ben Simmons trade with Philly and Brooklyn. That's been rumored. I don't know if that'll actually happen. That only has about, there's only uh, four more days until the trade deadline. So uh, I would I would guess it's a little unlikely that that trade happens. But the fact that there's the rumors out there and there's talks that he is unhappy, I mean, that that's not great for a locker room, I would imagine. Um, that would be my guess. Now, the, the one thing that I would want to point out that actually might not be that bad for Brooklyn is the fact that if this continues where Kyrie can only play road games, it almost might be better if they are a five or a six seed. Now, you still don't want to fall to the seven because you'd have to play in a playing tournament. But if Brooklyn is a five or a six seed, they have four games that are road games where Kyrie can play. So if they are the six seed and they match up against the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round, who are currently the three seed, four of those games are on the road. So Kyrie gets to play in four of those games. Um, you know, just something to keep in mind. Uh, it's really strange. We've never had a situation like this, but I think that's... It's so yeah, odd. It, it's so odd, but I think to it's... To kind just, of be wishing for away games like that, it's it's such a weird feeling. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, Kevin Durant, he's the best player. He's the key to, you know, what the Brooklyn Nets do. So really, I don't know. This isn't the end of the world for them, but it's definitely a concern, um, if not for this season, then definitely for this offseason, because... If Harden doesn't get traded, which I don't think he will be uh, before the deadline, in the offseason, he might want to leave. So I think it's definitely a concern going forward uh, into this offseason. Next thing I wanted to kind of mention was the Raptors. The Raptors, you know, playing very well recently. Uh, They've won five straight. They're now 28 and 23. And this is a, you know, this is a tough team. I mean, only two, two years ago, the Raptors, the year after Kawhi left, were the two seed. They were a team that was, you know, I think they had either like the third or fourth best record in the NBA, and they were kind of in contention here. Now, obviously, they lost to the Celtics in that semifinals, and then they had the bad year last year. But this is a really tough t- tough team. Have a good coach, Nick Nurse. You got Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, who made his first all-star appearance. You know, this is a team to watch out for. I, I don't think they're a contender, but definitely a dangerous matchup. Um, and then the, the last thing I, I just want to mention is a player – um, is is uh, my small baller player of the week. That's Tyrese Maxey. Now, I think this is the first uh, time I've given the award to 
a player twice. I'm pretty sure I gave the award to Tyrese um, earlier in the season, but he deserves it because he's been incredible for the Philadelphia 76ers, who, similar to the Raptors, are on uh, a little bit of a, a hot streak lately. They've been playing better. Tyrese Maxey's been very good. Um, so definitely got to point him out. You know, Tyrese Maxey, he was one of my favorite players coming out of uh, college, out of, out of Kentucky, into the draft. And it's good to see him doing well. Uh, he had 33 points and 8 assists in their win over Memphis on Monday. Uh, followed that up with 22 points, 7 assists on Wednesday, and then 18 points and 6 assists on Friday. Um, all three of those games shooting over 50%. So Tyrese Maxey, you know, he, we've been talking this whole time about who's the replacement for Ben Simmons, who's going to step in. It might be Tyrese Maxey. Interesting. Very, very interesting to hear. Well, of course, we'll have more NBA topics to discuss next week. But for now, let's move forward with our Small Talk Trivia segment. Uh, if you missed for a week or two here, what is the uh, the current scoreboard, Trevor? Yeah, so uh, Brandon, uh, unfortunately, you have the lead. Uh, you have 10 points. That's not unfortunate. Uh, that sounds great. I have nine and a half, and Ben uh, has nine. Interesting. Well, all right, let's see what order we have. I forgot to pull it up. So I'm pulling it up now, but the order we will be having is going to be Ben. You're asking Trevor. Trevor is asking me, and I'm asking Ben. So Ben, you were up first with your question. All right, and I like to I like to say that I've spent the last ten minutes trying to find a new trivia question because I think mine is either one we've asked before or two it's too easy. But I couldn't find one, so I'm just gonna go with it. Well, what was it? Just for the sake of uh, enjoyment. What well, was I'm it? gonna ask it because I didn't find a better one. Oh, okay. Um, all right, Trevor. My question has to do with the Super Bowl, and I'll say this. Uh, when I'm trying to find trivia questions about the Super Bowl, it's hard because every answer is either the Patriots or Tom Brady. Um, so it's not – it's not. The answer is not Tom Brady or the Patriots, Trevor. I'll just give you a heads up now, okay? Um, my question is, though, what Super Bowl halftime show has had the most viewers ever? What is the most viewed Super Bowl halftime show of all time, Trevor? Okay, most viewed. I love this question for Trevor. I'm also feel like we've. I, I'm almost positive we've asked this before, but I couldn't. We find haven't. It. Okay, well, I couldn't find a better one, so we're gonna stick with it. The most viewed Super Bowl halftime show of all time. Um, of all time, yes. So I. So could I? Um, could I name the the name of the Super Bowl or like the year? Like like what is the no, answer? That I'm no, supposed to give? you're giving me who you're giving me who the headline performer was. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so. Well, I guess in theory, it doesn't really change a ton. But I think I know the answer. Um, if I, I, I think it was that band, because I, I, I have the year and the Super Bowl in mind, uh, and I think I know the band, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I'm pretty sure this was the most viewed. I mean, this is the first thing that came to my mind. Now, it might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I'm just gonna go with my gut here. I think that uh, the Super Bowl after 9/11, uh, Super Bowl 39. Um, where they, it was an incredible halftime show. They did a great job honoring, you know, all the, the fallen, uh, uh, people obviously in this Super Bowl. And I think, and this was the Patriots first Super Bowl of their dynasty. It was just on mm -hmm. all accounts, an incredible day for the NFL, incredible Super Bowl, incredible halftime show. Cause the Patriots, that was the start of their run. They beat the Rams. This was Super Bowl 39. And I think it was, I think it was you, you two, I think was the headliner. See, that's that's the part where I'm a little hesitant because I know that my guess is Super Bowl 39. Um, and I think it was you too. So I guess that's the answer I'm submitting. All right, Trevor. 2002 Super Bowl. It was you too. That is not the answer, though, however. 
Um, that was a great halftime show, and I know I know they got a lot of views. But I checked, I fact checked myself. I've checked multiple sources. My answer that I have is 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 the correct one. It seems like, and you two is not the answer. So Trevor, good guess, but that's not that is not correct. Okay. So Trevor, here's here's your mistake that you made. You need to think about what was most trending. Okay, there's two Super Bowls. The one with the selfie kid, that was a big deal because he took like a picture with uh, who is it? Was it Timberlake? Justin Timberlake, right? I think so. The other one that was big trending is that shark, which I believe was Katy Perry's Super Bowl uh, halftime show. And from what I remember, that was that was more recently. I don't know the year because there's just no way I'm going to remember the year. But I believe it's one of those two because that was like such a big deal and those were trending like to an enormous amount. Um, I'd love to say it was the Travis Scott Super Bowl, but it, it was not. It, I don't think it was that one. I guess I'll go. I mean, Justin Timberlake did one, right? Yeah. Am I crazy? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he... Well, I, I, sh- I guess... Yeah, he definitely did that. I don't even know why I'm helping you, but yeah, he definitely did a halftime show. So I'll, I'll guess Justin Timberlake. That's my final guess. I think he okay. Katie Perry, I'll say, two was up there, too. All right, so Brandon's guess was Justin Timberlake, which was 2018. That was the Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl. Um, Brandon, <laughs> that is also incorrect. You should have went, you, oh. you went with your other option. Katie Perry, 2015, Super Bowl 49, <laughs> Patriots-Seahawks. Um, peaked or uh, the numbers I'm seeing got right around 120 million views during that Super Bowl halftime show. That is Very the nice. most all time. That record still stands even six, seven mm. years later. Um, it has not been broken. So Katy Perry is the answer to that question. Trevor, I really thought I thought you'd be like, oh, Katy Perry, my girl. That's the answer. I thought you'd get it right, but I'm sorry. Yeah, I did not get it I, right. I so. just went with my gut, and the U2 one was the first one that came to mind. And also, in my opinion, the U2 is by far the best halftime show that there has ever been. That's just my opinion. I think that one was incredible. And the funny thing is, Trevor, I just realized I said the answer is not Tom Brady or the Patriots, but the answer was a Super Bowl in which they played. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about it. So even when they're not on the field, Tom Brady is still the answer. Any Super Bowl <laughs> question ever, Tom Brady's probably going to be in it at some point. He's relevant. Because that's just yeah. who he is. Yeah. So. All, All right. right. Well, both you guys are annoying, but Trevor, it is your turn to ask me a question. All right. So uh, this might be a little more annoying because this relates to Tom Brady. Um so oh my God. I mean, the guy just—he just officially retired. It's—it's it's only right. We're not. I know, you know and I'm happy. <laughs> it's only right. Um, so, um, and I, f- I found this on StatMuse, so I'm—I'm I'm gonna trust them, and I'm pretty sure it is correct. So Tom Brady has 35 playoff wins. Okay. Okay. Um, my question is, right? There is a there is obviously a quarterback because it, um. So as far as among quarterbacks all time who have. Playing the playoffs, one playoff games. Tom Brady, obviously, he has the most. He has 35 playoff wins. Obviously, that second that second place quarterback has a certain number of playoff wins. That's not the question. The question is, how many more playoff wins does Tom Brady have than whoever is second? And I guess I guess it's fine if I tell you who who the second place person is. It's Joe Montana. Um, okay. So my question is, how okay. many more playoff wins? Does Tom Brady have? Do I have like an area I can yes. guess in between? I mean, that this is such a specific. <laughs> then Joe Montana, and this is a the format of this question is similar to questions you have asked in the past. I am going to give you a margin of error of two, of two wins. Okay, so Brady is thirty five. Joe Montana has a a certain number, and if you are within a margin of two, um, you get uh, then obviously you would get the point correct. Okay. Now, Brandon, not to put pressure on you, but I think I kind of know the answer. So, and should okay. we? Okay. Should I have? Should because I think in the past, should I have Ben submit his answer to me like via text or something? 
Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because I my mind is essentially a clue for him. Yes, so we should we should do that. So Ben, um, if Brandon does not get it, uh, if you could, well, no, I'm I'm text gonna text me. you right now. Okay. I mean, I have I don't really have any clue how many how many playoffs he's been to or how many he's won. Um. Um. So wait, so the, you're asking what's the difference between the two? Yeah. So, so first and second place. So greatest okay. thirty five. Yep. Get a number in your mind of how many Montana has, and then subtract them, and then that's your answer. Okay. I gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, so, it's, you okay. know... It's an, I mean, no one's going to be close to Brady's, so I don't even think the answer is, like, that close. Um, I mean, let's see. I haven't even submitted my answer yet, so take your time here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what what's the thought process here, like, when you think about... I don't Montana. even know this kind of, this 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 question was so complex. Um, if you if you know Joe Montana's playoff I mean, history, many, it's, it's not complex, but obviously not everyone does. Well, I don't remember anything, so <laughs> I. I mean, how many Super Bowls does Montana have? That's the question that I that I have. You don't even know that. Um, I think he has what four. I'm, I'm not four Super Bowls. I'm not gonna confirm. Or so on all of those, he won at least what three games. So we'll say that's twelve. And see, here's the good thing is I can I can because Ben's already submitted his answer. So I, I have not submitted my answer. Plus. I have not submitted my okay, answer. Okay, submit your answer then. I'm still thinking. <laughs> I guess you have time to think. Um. So let's say I mean he's went to the plus. All right, right, I, I, I have. Trevor. I submitted my answer. I I have a guess. I'll say he's won at least. So he's won I think four Super Bowls. At least three of the you know games in each one of those. So that's twelve. I'll guess he's won, like, I don't know, a couple more, maybe, maybe, this is tough, I'll guess, I'll guess 17 is the difference. 17, is it, 17. Is, that, is that your final answer? Well, actually, wait, no, 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 hold on, hold on, I did that backwards, I think he probably has, like, 17, and we said Brady had 35, right? Brady, or 36. Brady has 35. 35, so then, then I'll say 18. It's a rough guess. It's a shot in left field, but I'll, I'll say I'll say eighteen. Final so you, you think the difference is eighteen, or you think Montana has eighteen? Yes. No, no, no. Difference is eighteen. I'm guessing he has seventeen wins. Okay. So, okay. Gotcha. So you think the difference is eighteen? So final answer eighteen. I want to hear what Ben said before before you say if I'm right or not. Okay. So you say the difference is eighteen. Ben said eighteen. Ben's guess before you submitted any answer was seventeen. He said the difference was 17. Oh. So you, you changed yours. You went from 17 to 18. Ben went with 17. You know, I was backwards. I, I thought he won and, 17. Um, so I was backwards. Either way, you would have gotten the point, Brandon, because the correct answer is 19. The difference is 19. Oh. Joe Montana has 16 playoff wins. Interesting. So you get the point uh, for this uh, question. Good job. Both of you guys were very close. I, 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 I thought it was my first number. I thought it, I thought it was... 35. I knew it was 35 for Tom Brady, and I thought it was 15 for Montana, and then I was like, nah, I'm going to go a little bit higher. So I went, instead of 20, I went with like 17. It was just like kind of a middle guess there. So I'm kind of disappointed in myself because I would have guessed 20 right off the bat. But whatever, whatever. I mean, you got to think some of those Super Bowls probably were, were in the, the wild card round of sorts. And, I mean, probably went to a couple where he lost. So you got to think it's it's it was more than just 12, just the Super Bowl. So I, and I thought it was a good guess. Mm-hmm. All right, well, cool. I got the point. Um, okay, so my question, Trevor's, uh, or no, Ben, it's for you, right? Okay. 
right? Is yes. It for you? Yeah, it's for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What current player has the NBA record for the most turnovers in a single season? So I'll say it again. What current player? I mean, it's he's at the top anyway. He is a current player, basically. Uh, but what what player has the most turnovers in a single season in NBA history? And he is a current player. You know, I, I hate that I feel like I always get NBA questions because I don't know these freaking NBA questions. Um, okay, well, players that would turn over the ball a lot. Russ turns the ball over a lot. Um, I mean, I'm just going to think of people that handle the ball. So that'd be... Just remember, remember, Trevor's behind you. Wait, so... so I'm aware, but any any name that I say, say, I promise you he's already thought of it. So I'm not I'm not worried about giving him any hints because he knows more than me. So I'm not... Like, that's not a concern with me. So I don't know. Russ, okay. James Harden, Kyrie... Um, I'm going to be honest, can't name a whole lot of other point guards in the NBA because I don't watch the NBA. So I'm just going to go Russell Westbrook, final answer. All right, that is incorrect. Uh, However, he makes the list many times because he's terrible. Trevor, what do you think is the correct answer for half a point? So most most turnovers in a single season, like like total turnovers, and it's an active player. Yep. Yep. Okay. So total turnovers, and it's an active player. You know what? If Ben would have said Westbrook, I think that would have been my answer too because he does have a lot of turnovers, and it, you're asking the question. So anything you can do to put Russell Westbrook in a bad light, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was the answer. Um, yeah, he just stinks. No, he doesn't. But anyway, um, most turnovers in a single season of an active player. So... Hmm. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is interesting. I mean, usually, I mean, player. Obviously, players that pass the ball more, players that have a lot of assists, also tend to have a lot of turnovers. So it's gonna be like a notable star player, basically. In, in my opinion, it's almost certainly gonna be like a star player. So if it's not Westbrook, it could be LeBron. It could be James Harden. Um, I don't think it's Chris Paul because Chris Paul is one of the few that manages to have a lot of assists with low turnovers. Um, but, like, LeBron and Harden are both strong answers as far as most turnovers in a season. In fact, I think it is one of those guys, since it's not Westbrook. Um, just trying to make sure that there's no other possibilities here. Most turnovers in a single season. I mean, like, Trey Young, I guess. Like the last, He's only been in the league a couple of years, but, like, maybe the last couple of seasons he's had a lot of turnovers. Um who else has a lot of assists, passes the ball a lot? I think it's probably one of those guys. I think it's probably Harden or LeBron. And by process of elimination, I don't think you would have put LeBron in a bad light. So I think the answer I'm going to submit is James Harden. That's uh, that's my final answer. All right, James Harden is correct for half a point. LeBron is on this list a little bit. Um, he's number 21. He's got another one like pretty far down like in the 60s somewhere. Um, he's had a couple not-so-great turnover seasons. But like you said, that happens when you have the ball a lot. Um, but Harden is the correct answer. 464 turnovers in the 2016-2017 season. Ironically, Russell Westbrook is number two with 438 turnovers in the exact same season. Um, and interestingly enough, both of them are not that good. <laughs> so let's continue on I think here. I uh, we'll, 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 Real quick, actually, before we can... For MVP that season, but I think so. They were. The, they were. They were. Um, let's continue on, but before we do continue on, what is the, our current scoreboard after that? So you uh, you have 11, I have 10, and Ben has 9. 
Interesting. Two point lead over Ben. I like I'm asking that. a baseball question next week, just a heads up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to randomly ranked. Uh, today's randomly ranked segment is going to be best license plates uh, designs. Um, and and Ben is is fairly confident in his three. I'm going to start off because I don't know. I don't really even think many of these are that good, but I did come up with three. Uh, number three, I'm going to have to go with Alabama. Uh, I think they just have some nice colors on there. You got the little river. Uh, you got the green, got the yellow. I think it looks kind of cool. Um, number two, I'm going to go with Arizona. I like the cactus. You got the purple. Uh, the lights or the, the colors look nice on that one. Going to have to go with Arizona number two. And number one, which you guys both kind of trashed a little bit. Well, not one of you trashed. Uh, ben did not trash as, as you, Trevor. It's South Dakota's. I think South what? Dakota's looks really, really nice. And, and they take my number one. Uh, but Ben, you said you don't have South Dakota in your top three, so I'm interested to see your, your top three. So why don't you go next? What are your top three favorite license plates? Um, clearly, Brennan, you don't listen to anything I said. I said I will have South Dakota in my top three because it's freaking awesome. So South Dakota is oh, my number I three. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> no, South Dakota is my number three, and it's cool, but it's it's the tagline that got me. The tagline says, great faces, great places. I think that's awesome. So South Dakota, yeah. I threw it number three. It's got Mount Rushmore in the background. I don't know. It's just different. It's something cool. It's cool. Um, it it's unique. Cool. It's something that stands out. If I saw it, I would remember it. It's like, you know, so a lot of these I wouldn't remember. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, not to be mean to Ohio, but Ohio's isn't anything special. South Dakota's is special. I remember it. Yeah. Um, number two, I, I've gone back and forth here. Number two, I'm going to go with Indiana. I like Indiana's. I like the flag. Um, you I don't like know. Indiana's? I do. I like it a lot. I think that's it, got. I like the flag in the background. I think it's a perfect amount. Of, like you got the blue on the left, and you got the stripes on the right. I don't know. I like it. I think it's cool. Um, just something about it. I don't know. I don't even have a whole lot to say about it. It's whatever. Um, my number one. It. I'm confident, and even though this is technically a different version of the one I was thinking of when Trevor first introduced this, I'm still going to go with it because it's still awesome. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. South Carolina's got an awesome license plate. They have definitely, in my opinion, the coolest logo for a state with the palm tree and then the crescent moon. Um, so you throw that on a license plate, it's cool. I just like their logo. It, uh, I just South Carolina has a special place in my heart, so I had to put South Carolina at number one. Extremely biased mm-hmm. take there, um, but I'm going to stick with it. South Carolina, my number one. Well, luckily, this is a biased segment. <laughs> Trevor, you're up next. Top three favorite license plates. All right. Um, I think my main problem with South Dakota is just the font. Like I feel like it's hard to – and maybe it's just uh, this you're being picture. A Stop being a hater. It's just, it's just because the screen we're looking at is too small. When you enlarge it, it looks fine. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, number three, I'm going to start off with Arizona. Uh, like you said, Brandon, Arizona's looks very cool, like the cactus, like the kind of, you know, a yeah. little bit of a sunset. It's really cool. Um, you know, just very, very well done there with Arizona. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Florida. Um, I like how Florida, you, you you know, you have like the state, you have the sunshine state, you got the the little, uh, the oranges there, it looks like. Uh you know, it looks, I don't know, it looks very nice. I've always liked uh, Florida's license plate. And number one, and I I feel like I might, I don't know, this is just my gut. My gut is that you guys aren't going to like this selection and that a lot of people might not like this, but I have California at number one. I know it's it's very simple, it's very basic, but the font of the California, the cursive, I don't know. I just, I just really like it. And I debated on what was going to be my number one between these three, but I think I got to go with California. Interesting. It's well, iconic. Interesting it's definitely segment. an iconic license plate. It is very, very iconic. Very, very iconic. Let's keep on moving forward, though, to our final segment of the day. We're going to take on the NFL, of course. we got the Super Bowl next week. Um, and uh, some interesting plans for the Super Bowl, just so you guys know. 
we are going to have our normal Sunday episode next week, but we're also going to have kind of like a bonus fun episode on Monday where we just talk about the Super Bowl. So you get uh, a double up next week of episodes. Um, so we will give our predictions in a little bit here, but let's start off with Brian Flores. There was a lot of news about Brian Flores. He is suing the NFL um, under uh, alleged discrimination regarding his interview processes uh, with uh, the, the Jets and Broncos um, and, of course, his firing uh, from the Dolphins. Uh, so a lot in this with honestly a very large amount of evidence in my opinion. Um, so Trevor, I'll start. I'll start off with you. What do you think of of, of uh, this this suit and you know what has been said about it? Yeah. So obviously, uh, first of all, it's obviously it sucks to hear about. Um, obviously, you know Brian Flores has been a very great coach. Um, you know for the Patriots, he was an assistant for about eleven years. Just led some incredible defenses. I mean, three Super Bowls in that time. 2014 being the Seahawks, 2016 obviously against Atlanta, and 2018, which was probably maybe maybe his best job, which led to him getting uh, his head coaching position when they held the Rams to only three points. Just an incredible defensive performance uh, from the Patriots, and obviously Belichick, you know, and Flores, obviously, you know, at the helm of that. So just incredible job. And then with the Dolphins, you know, in three years, obviously that first year didn't go that great, but then two winning seasons the past two years. I mean you know, pretty much proving himself as a really good uh, NFL coach. You know, he was one of the contenders last year for coach of the year, just because when you look at the Dolphins and you have a situation where they come from uh, the, the, the few years before it having losing seasons, you know, they're like 5-11, and 4-12, and 12, and then you get them to 10-6 and six in his second year coaching with, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, as your quarterback, who was, who's fine, right? He's fine. And then you have Tua, obviously, that's kind of learning under him and playing here and there, uh, stuff like that. But really shaping up that defense. I mean, that defense was really good uh, last year, at least. This year, a little, obviously, as we know, a huge losing streak and then a big winning streak. But, I mean, it's clear that Flores has proven himself as an awesome NFL coach, you know, being one of the Coach of the Year candidates last year. So, first of all, to see him get fired from the Dolphins, number one, just, like, proves how inept that franchises. I mean, the Miami Dolphins, that's probably my biggest takeaway is that the Miami Dolphins are just a complete, uh, they're just a completely atrocious franchise. They don't have the capability to make any good decisions and they, they just suck. So sorry, Miami Dolphins fans, uh, if you're listening, but your franchise is horrible. You guys suck. Um, so obviously that was a horrible decision. We heard about, you know, the, the discrimination in hiring, the stuff that he alleged, um, and stuff like that. And then in addition, which this was interesting to hear about, uh, Stephen Ross, the owner, possibly uh, or offering to pay him $100,000 per loss, which I thought was, was pretty wild. And I expect that that's something that is going to be, um, we're going to be hearing about that for a while. But overall, I mean, just like very unfortunate to hear about. I mean, there's only, a, I, I mean, Mike Tomlin, I think, is the only current black coach. I mean, there, well, you have him. And then for his minority owners, Robert Sulla, and then I think Ron Rivera, I believe, is still an, a coach. Um, so only mm-hmm. a few, um, three out of 32 in a league that obviously has a lot of black players. So just when you look at that, just like on paper, that's horrible, obviously. So hopefully, you know, we'll see what this comes of, you know, all the investigations. We'll see what the NFL does as far as making changes. But Brian Flores absolutely should be a head coach. He's one of the, the better coaches, I think. I think he's probably already proven that. And personally, I hope that whenever Bill Belichick, 
uh, decides to finally retire. Who knows when that'll be? Maybe he'll still be coaching when he's, you know, 95. But whenever Bill Belichick finally decides to retire, uh, Flores is the guy that ideally I wanted to be the head coach. So uh, we'll see what comes of that. Yeah, so Trevor, to piggyback off what you said, everything you said was perfect. I, I completely agree. The, the fact Flores got fired in the first place is astonishing. Uh, twenty twenty going ten and six. This past year they were they were like two and six or two and seven. They went in, destroyed the Ravens when they I mean they weren't healthy, but they were way more healthy than they were at the end end of the year. And they beat a lot of good teams to get to that record, almost making the playoffs. Uh, with a team that really doesn't have a large amount of talent. Um, and with the evidence that he he showed, I mean, I I, I think he's a hundred percent valid and correct to, to to bring on this suit. Sadly, and this is just, I mean, I think the reality of the world is that he's probably not going to get another head coaching job because of this, but he deserves it. Uh, not only was he a good coach for the Patriots and for the Dolphins, um, but some of these coaches that I think will be hired over him, I don't think are nearly as deserving of a position um, that, that he was. Um, and, and, you know, the other stuff you said, I, I fully agree with too. It's, it's sad to see stuff like this. I mean, you shouldn't have coaches offering or uh, owners offering coaches money to lose. That's not what they're hired to do. They aren't hired to lose. Um, of course, we saw, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, from the Browns, Hugh, ja- Hugh Jackson, say that he had the same situation happen to him uh, with yeah. the Browns. Um, which, I mean, sadly, I think these owners and organizations just aren't. They don't have it all together uh, for their teams. Uh, but, Ben, a- a- any final thoughts on Brian Flores? on what you, you thought of this situation. Well, I think you guys made a good point. Like, Brian Flores shouldn't be in this situation anyway because he shouldn't have been fired. Um, but like you said, Brennan, and I'm not trying to make a joke out of it, but it's kind of funny. Like, of course Hugh Jackson comes in. He's like, oh, I was totally tanking. They offered me money to tank too. Like, we knew he was going to jump on that because his team sucked when he was with the Browns. They were terrible. So, of course, he came in and he was like, yeah, they, they wanted me to lose too because he can he can easily uh, – people will believe him because his teams were so bad that year. Um, but it just makes you think like – it makes you think about you, you know this happens every year. I mean, you see teams all the time that they're like, "Oh, like clearly they want they want the number 1 overall pick." Um, and I promise you it, it happens every single year. Um, so it, you know, it just makes you think like, how long has this been going on where coaches are getting offered a lot of money per game to lose and how many of them have actually followed through with it? I mean, my Bengals went 2 and 14 the year they drafted Joe Burrow. I, I mean, I can't stand I can't sit here and go, "Oh, they didn't tank. They tried." Um, I don't think Zach Taylor would do it, but at the same time, I would tank for Joe Burrow. Like, 100%, look what happened. Um, so I don't know. It's just something interesting to think about in that aspect of it. Um, and then again, in, in terms of, of Brian Flores, I think he'll get a job somewhere because he deserves it. I mean, like I said, he shouldn't have been fired in the first place. Um, so he absolutely deserves a job somewhere. Now, I guess if you know he's coming out, he's clearly going against the NFL at this point. It might hurt his reputation, but he's a fantastic coach. He deserves to be a head coach in the NFL. Um, and I think anybody would be happy to have them as, yeah. as their head coach if needed. So, yeah, interesting situation. Definitely something that we'll keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, and honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Bengals fan. It's kind of a shame that it's happening now because it's kind of taking, a, you know, it's taking attention away from two big things that are happening. One, the Super Bowl, and two, Tom Brady retiring. So um, it's just kind of a shame that, that it's happening in the first place, but especially that's happening right now when, when football is supposed to be at, at the peak of its season. Yeah, I, I do think this is this is super super important though, and I'm I'm more than happy that it, he you know stepped up and, and is fighting for what's right, um, even if it does sacrifice you know his dream of coaching in the NFL, uh, you know in the future. But we'll we'll have to wait and see uh, what 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 happens with Brian Flores in the NFL. 
Um, let's keep on moving here, do a little bit of a recap of the games we saw this past weekend. Don't need to go in super in-depth, you know, they happened last week. Uh, of course, let's start off with the Bengals and Chiefs. Ben! I told you! I said I'd rather play the, the Chiefs than, than the, uh, the Bills. And it, it looked, it didn't look so good for a little while. It did not look so good. You know, going into halftime, it, it was 21-10. But Joey B, he finds a way. Uh, and I, you know, Ben, it's interesting because before last week's podcast, we talked about not are the Bengals like for real. I, I think we all knew they were a good team. Um, but you know, this, this season, I think is, you know, there's been a little bit of luck, uh, you know, the, the rest of the AFC North could, you know, performed way worse than they were supposed to. The Bengals had the last place schedule next year. They have a lot of cap room, which is great. Really, really great. Um, and not a lot of main core guys to sign, but they got to play the first place schedule. You have a healthy Ravens team coming in. The Browns might not get Baker Mayfield. If they keep Baker Mayfield, that's a win for everyone else in the NFL. Uh, the Steelers will not have Ben Roethlisberger. So it's going to be a much more difficult year and only a year that the Bengals won 10 games. Um, and this is a topic I think we're going to talk about in the offseason uh, a little bit more. But I don't know. Was I just completely wrong to, to bring it up as a whole? I mean, the Bengals are about to compete in a Super Bowl. So give, give me your thoughts on the game. Give me your thoughts on the Bengals moving forward and what you think uh, about uh, the Super Bowl, of course. Well, for, first, let me say, I don't think you're wrong. Like Things have gone the Bengals' way for sure, and the AFC North was a disaster this year. Somebody yeah. had to win it. No and, injuries, and the Bengals, really. The Bengals were relatively healthy um, the whole year. Yeah, and somebody had to win the division. It, it was the Bengals. Um, and yeah, their, their schedule next year is going to be a disaster. It's going to be super tough. But you know, what, you know what happens is you got to take advantage of what's given to you. And the, the Bengals were given a gift in terms of their schedule was easy this year. The division was garbage, so they took advantage of it. And um, I'm not saying they don't deserve to be there. They absolutely deserve to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, they just beat the number one seed on the road, and then they beat the best team in the NFL on the road. So clearly they deserve to be there. They've beaten two, at least one really good team to get there. Um, in terms of the game, I mean, I'm sitting here a week later and still kind of like I can't believe they beat the Chiefs. One, I didn't think they beat the Chiefs at all because um, the Chiefs were playing – I mean, they are playing like the best team in the NFL for the last month and a half or so. And two, they already beat them once. And I said, I sat here last week and I said it's so hard to beat a team twice in one season, especially if you got to go on the road in a playoff game. Um, and Trevor brought up the idea of, well, maybe there'd be a letdown game. The Chiefs had this you know, all-time great game against the Bills uh, you know, the week before. And I can promise you, Trevor, that first half was anything but a letdown for the Chiefs. Um, they were amazing. They scored on their first three touchdowns. And I'm sitting here. I muted the game at one point and I was just on my phone pouting and I was like, what a shame that this is how the Bengals season is going to end. They're going to end getting embarrassed. Everyone's going to say they didn't deserve to be there, and I have to listen to that until basically September of next year, or this coming September. But, yeah, going down 11 at half was was a win for the Bengals. And, yeah, I mean, Joey Burrow was able to uh, to do what I think everyone thought he could do, and he could he could lead a team to, to victory because that's what he does. He's a winner. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm done doubting the Bengals. I, I really haven't doubted them all year. I mean, I've been confident in them because they have Joe Burrow, but I really was did not think they had any chance of winning last week, and they did. Um, you know, credit to that team and, and to that whole organization. I mean, they've been a joke for so long, and Trevor was sitting here bashing the, the Dolphins 10 minutes ago, and I couldn't help but just think about all the, you know, quote-unquote experts that were saying Joe Burrow should hold out and request a trade to the Dolphins because that's a way better situation, and the Dolphins were offering the world for the Bengals' number one overall pick that year. Um, so it's just interesting to see the Bengals in this position, you know, two years after they were two and fourteen, and one of the worst teams we've seen in a really long time. So it's still kind of it's still kind of raw to me, Brandon. I remember calling you after the game last week, and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Like, how do I react? How do I act as a, somebody with their favorite team in the Super Bowl? Because um, yeah. I, don't, I don't really have a whole lot of experience doing that, um, and it really didn't click. It really didn't set in for me until I saw like a couple of days later, 
this past week when the Bengals posted, you know, their uniform matchup and you got the patch on the jersey and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is this is real. So um, it's yeah, it's it's still it's still new territory to me. I, I don't really know how I'm supposed to act. Am I supposed to be confident? Am I supposed to be nervous? Um, it's been a long week. I still got another seven days. I got to wait until this game, but I can promise you, I'm very very nervous and I think about it most of my day. So that's how I'm feeling right now. It's just my honest my honest reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, this was. Don't get me wrong. The Bengals have had some forces working against them. I mean, this was not a game that I think anyone would have predicted they they would have won. But at the same time, it's so interesting because you look at the teams the Bengals played. I mean, the Chiefs are obviously the best team, but that Chiefs team in the second half, that's not something we've seen ever. I mean, Mahomes just Mahomes, looked, he looked lost. He looked Mahomes, like he forgot how to play. Mahomes, I was like a point six or something. It's like one of the yeah, lowest QBRs ever. It was crazy, ever, It was crazy. Uh, in, a, in a half of football. You know, they played the Raiders that, I mean, obviously they're a good team, and I've talked about how I think they're a good team, but I mean, it's not like the Bengals played amazing in that game. No. They just had to play better than the, the Raiders who played awful. Um, and then, of course, their, their, their next game against the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry not at 100% in the slightest bit. Um, and that Titans team didn't look uh, like a, a first-place team in the slightest bit. And again, the Bengals, it's not like they played their ama- the most amazing game. However, in this one, they did come back, they won, and they're in the Super Bowl. And that's something to celebrate in itself, even if it is a loss. Trevor, any any thoughts on, on the Bengals-Chiefs game before we move on to the, to the Niners and Rams? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm just so excited for, well, I'm excited for you, Ben, and I'm also excited for Thank the you, Cincinnati Trevor. Bengals, um, because watching that game, I mean, because obviously I, I went to the Bulls game last Sunday, and we got out with about, I think it was like two, two, three minutes left in the fourth quarter of this game, so I was in the car, and I had it pulled up on my phone uh, at the end of this game, and um, just, just watching kind of well I think because I think the drive that was happening was Mahomes uh they, yeah. the Chiefs were driving and it seemed like every play the Bengals were getting pressure on him and he would just roll out and he would take like he took like two or three like horrible sacks where he just like rolled out and then he like probably lost like 10 yards and I think this like I think that kind of encapsulated what his biggest weakness is which is that I don't think Mahomes is patient enough sometimes he wants to make the home run play. He wants to make the mm-hmm. awesome play, and he doesn't want to settle for just throwing the ball out of bounds. He doesn't want to settle for that because he just believes, oh, no, I can make this happen because I can make anything happen. I'm Patrick Mahomes. I can throw this sidearm uh, through two defenders, you know, curling around uh, a cornerback and still get it to Tyreek Hill, or I can do this, you know. And – that I mean, that's kind of what we saw. He just, at times, he's not as patient as he needs to be. Um, and, and I think that was maybe their biggest downfall in offense. Um, but the Bengals, I mean, the way they kind of uh, obviously bounced back from their performance in the first half to really rebound well. I mean, the defense was incredible, getting pressure on Joe Burrow, in coverage, playing well. Um, and then, obviously, Joe Burrow was, was really solid again. Not a perfect game, but a really solid game. I mean, he had a couple drives there. I think that drive in particular, when they were down 21-3, I was watching the highlights because I didn't see the, the first part of the game, but I was watching the highlights and seeing some of those throw and how he just like marched them down to, to get exactly what they needed um, and, and respond and get that touchdown. That kind of got the momentum going at least a little bit, and you know the Bengals, you know, from there on, they kept playing well, forced overtime, and then overtime you think, oh, the Chiefs get the toss, they're going to run right down and score a touchdown. At least that's what I thought, because that's what I always think when the Chiefs 
get the coin toss with their offense. But that didn't happen. Uh, the Bengals' defense stepped up in a major way with an incredible performance, and uh, they got the interception. And since he figured it out, they got the win. So great win for the Bengals. Um, and now as far as the Super Bowl, which we're going to get into after the Rams-Niners game, but as far as preparing for the Super Bowl, Ben, like I told you, I told you, you need to get a Super Bowl cake. I am two. I am okay. two and zero when I when the when I've gotten a Super Bowl cake for Patriots games. All right, two and zero, and then also, which I think you already subscribe to this, is that I'm always I'm I'm never confident in my team. So you already yeah. do that. So I don't even have to tell you that. Mm-hmm. I'm never confident. I'm never you and know honestly, complacent. They're not even favored, and, so it's it's kind of easy to be doing that. And they're not. Yeah. yeah, and they're not favored, right? So I think those are the things that that I normally do, and I just I'm never confident. And uh, yeah, Super Bowl cake. So. Okay, I'm taking notes here. I, I just I need some advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's get to our next game, uh, which is Rams and Niners. And real quick before we get into this game, actually, these playoffs have been so amazing to watch. I mean, so amazing. There's really nothing like the NFL at all. It's, it's astonishing how many close games we've had in these playoffs. Very, very few blowouts. These teams are very, very close this year. Um, but let's get to Rams-Niners. This is another great game. The Niners have a very, very good offense. I mean, if they can get Garoppolo out and get someone in there, they're going to be Super Bowl favorites next year for sure. Uh, Rams threw everything they had into this season. Now they're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, they picked up Von Miller. They picked up Otto Beckham Jr. Uh, during the season. Cam Akers is back. Uh, they have a very, very good team. They are favored in the Super Bowl, but let's get down to business with this game. Trevor, what did you think about the Rams-Niners? Yeah, I mean, this was this was certainly a weird game because uh, the Rams were, like, it seemed like they were having success moving the ball, but they couldn't, like, put, like, they couldn't finish on some of these drives. They were, they were doing well. Okay, they get a, they get a good first down here. Cam Akers is, you know, I had a couple nice runs, but then it would stall. And then, you know, we're starting to get into this, like, defensive game that kind of favors, I think, the Niners a little bit more. Um, But the Niners, it's not like they were having a ton of success either. Like, they only had 50 yards rushing in this entire game. If I would have told you that the Niners, or if someone would have told me that the Niners only had 50 yards rushing, I would have said uh, they definitely scored under 10 points, right? Like it was probably like a like a, a beatdown by the Rams, like a 28 to three type game or 28 to six. But it wasn't that. Uh, they still found ways, um, you know, with their de- kind of led by their defense uh, and maybe their special teams to a lesser extent a little bit. But they kind of found ways here uh, to win games. And obviously, Debo Samuel, you know, did kind of what he did. Obviously, he had 72 yards receiving, 26 yards rushing. Uh, and, and Garoppolo was, I don't know, he was okay at times, but then near the end, it just got really ugly. Um, but overall, the Rams did enough to win, which is, again, you're in the NFC Championship, you're playing a division rival. All you need to do is just uh, whatever, it, whatever it takes to win the game, just do enough to win. And the Rams did that. Uh, Cooper Cup was <laughs> insane, like he is almost every game. Odell Beckham Jr. was incredible. Um, like he has been for quite a few weeks now uh, with the Rams. Um, and Stafford, you know, kind of, he had that interception. It wasn't great. He had a couple other throws that that were pretty bad, but he really responded and put together a few really nice drives near the end. And I think overall, played a really good game. I mean, 337 yards, 31 to 45 uh, as far as completing his passes. So really good game from Stafford. 
He, you know, he's had three straight really good playoff games now. He played really well against the Cardinals. He was awesome against the Bucks, and he was really good again. So three straight playoff games now for Matthew Stafford here, um, you know, just with incredible performances. Um, and now we go in the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm excited because I agree this playoffs has been one of the best playoffs I can remember. I think it might be the best. I mean, I, I try not to be prisoner of the moment, but I'd have a hard time finding a divisional round, certainly a divisional round, because there's no divisional round that's been better than this year. But even the conference championship, like, it wasn't a letdown by any means. You know, you had two games that were decided by a field goal. So, really good playoffs. Yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. Ben, final thoughts on Rams and Niners before we move on for a little Super Bowl preview. So, when I look at this game, like, I think, one, the Rams have weapons everywhere. We know that. So the fact that the 49ers held them to 20 points, I think, is a win for the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers have a good defense. We know that, too, right? They have Fred Warner. They have, they have Bosa. They have these stars. Um, so I, I don't think the defense did a terrible job. If you hold the Rams to 20 points, I think you have a decent chance of winning. I think the issue was, on offense, the 49ers didn't get the ball to their stars, I think, as, as, as much as they probably needed to. All right? So, yeah, Debo Samuel had, had 72 yards receiving, but he only had four receptions, and he only had seven carries on the ground. And I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm an expert on the 49ers. I haven't watched a whole lot of them. But I feel like if you want to win, especially against a team like the Rams that have weapons everywhere, you need to get Debo Samuel more than 11 touches of the ball throughout the game. Um, you need to get your Pro Bowl tight end, George Kittle, more than two receptions throughout the game. So I think the fact that they were not able to get their stars the ball enough on offense um, was a big reason why ultimately they only scored 17 points and, and they lose a game by, by three um, again, in a game where their defense didn't play all that, that bad at all against a, a Rams team that has, I mean, they have pro bowlers everywhere. So I don't know, just something to think about in terms of the Rams, Rams, Trevor made a, I mean, Trevor said it perfectly. Like Matthew Stafford is stat line. That's all you got to do, man. You got Cooper cup. You got Odell. You got Cam Akers when he's healthy. You don't have to be a stun. And I've said this before, Matthew Stafford going through 31 of 45. So he had 14 incompletions and he had almost 350 yards. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna win most games when you do that, especially when with the defensive line that you have, with the DBs you have, and Ramsey. Um, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they're just a really good team. So Matthew Stafford playing an efficient game, not a fantastic game, but an efficient game. Uh, you're gonna win most games when he does that. So I mean, I'm not surprised at all. The Rams are, are a fantastic team as a Bengals fan. I would have much, much rather had the 49ers win, but that's whatever. Um, I think the Rams absolutely deserve to be there. That that they are they're again they're a good team. They've been a, a team that, that people have been talking about all year, um, and rightfully so. They're in they're playing for a championship, so no surprise there at all. So let's get into the Super Bowl to wrap up the pod for today. Rams Bengals. Rams are a three and a half point favorite. Game is next Sunday at six thirty p.m. Um, so very very exciting. Ben, I don't know if you're going to give a prediction. I will go first. I will give my prediction. Uh, this is, to me, like a complete 50-50 toss-up. I, I really do think both teams can win. If I had to pick a team to win, absolutely have to, I will pick the Rams because they're a little bit older. They have more experience than the Bengals do uh, in terms of games played in the NFL. I'm not saying Stafford's been to a Super Bowl or Odell's been there. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that between Burrow and Chase, who are very young, I think I'm taking Cup and Stafford in that circumstance. Uh, the Rams' defense is absolutely fabulous. Nothing like the Bengals have really come up against in these playoffs. Um, so it, it's going to be tough. Uh, and Burrow, the one thing I think that the Bengals, the kryptonite is, is when Burrow isn't given 
quite enough time. Their offensive line is not good. The Rams' defensive front is amazing. Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, that is a handful, and I think it's going to be a lot for Joe Burrow. I have the Rams winning by six. Uh, but very close game. I would not be surprised at all if the Bengals win. Trevor, I'm going to go to you, and then Ben, you're going to wrap up the pod with whatever you want to say about it. I don't know if you want to give a formal prediction, but Trevor, what do you think? Yeah, so Rams are favored by four and a half in this game. Um, obviously, this game is at SoFi Stadium, so technically it's another home game for the Rams. Now, mm-hmm. I don't even I don't, I don't think that Niners-NFC Championship game was a home game for them because it seemed like there were probably more Niners fans. So I don't know how yeah. many Cincinnati fans are going to travel all the way out to Inglewood, California, but I I don't Not a lot, man. I don't know. Not I don't those prices. Probably a lot. So I don't, you know, this may be a home game technically for the Rams, but I don't know if it's going to actually be that much of a home game. I mean, the Rams don't really have a ton of fans, right? So That'll be interesting to see. Um, as far as the game itself, the on on paper, the the players, you know, how the matchup works. I mean, we've seen Matthew Stafford, and 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 Ben, you kind of talked about like Matthew Stafford doesn't need to be a stud, but I think he has been a stud. Like I think he's kind oh, yeah, of, I think he's taken a jump here this season, and especially in the playoffs, because in the playoffs that's when you solidify it. That's when it means most. And I think in the playoffs, I think he is solidified now. Even if even if the Rams lose, I think he solidified himself as like a very elite quarterback, where he is, you know, a guy who can win you a game, who can you know take over and win a game. I think he's that type of quarterback now. Um, so the quarterback matchup, very interesting. I'm so glad that it was that it's Stafford versus Burrow and not Burrow versus Garoppolo. I'm so glad. I I was I there were a lot of people that wanted the 49ers to win. I did not. I did not want the Niners to win. I, I, w- I wanted the Rams to win because I wanted a good quarterback matchup, and I think we have that now in Stafford and Burrow. Uh, obviously, you know, people are going to talk about the Bengals' line versus the Rams' defensive line all week. That's going to be uh, talked about at nauseum because it's you know it's going to be a big determinant of you know how the game goes. Obviously, the Bucks really struggled. You know, their old line struggled. Brady didn't have his best game. Uh, they were getting to him quite a lot. So. We'll see how that can impact uh, Burrow and the Bengals O line. I think, you know, he Burrow isn't known as a quarterback who runs the ball a lot, but I think I would explore different circumstances where maybe he gets out of the pocket and he runs for the first down here or there. I think he might need to do that, uh, you know, at least a few times in in that game against the Rams. Uh, I think he's going to have to have a few big runs. You know, a third and seven here. They flush him out of the pocket. He might have to go and you know, run the sideline, reach the ball out to get the first here or there. I think he's going to need to make plays like that. And then the Bengals defense as well. I mean, going against Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson, how is the Bengals defense going to match up against them? They did a really good job against the Chiefs. They held him to 24 points, you know, and that's Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. So I don't doubt their ability to uh, you know, play defense against the Rams, I think they'll they'll hold up pretty good. Uh, I think they'll do a pretty solid job. But overall, I agree with Brandon. I am going to pick the Rams to win, but I think it's going to be very close. Um, I expect the Bengals uh, to make it interesting, but I think that uh, you know the Rams are going to put quite a deal of pressure on Joe Burrow. And, and I don't know if he's just going to have enough opportunities to make the plays to win. Like, he might get one here or there, but if you're not perfect against the Rams, 
then it might not be enough. So I, I think it's going to be pretty tough. I think it's going to be pretty tough for Joe Burrow, and I am going to pick the Rams to win. Ben, you get to wrap it up today. Yeah, so you're out of your mind if you think I'm making a prediction. There's no way I will ever make a prediction on this game. The only reason I did one last week is I didn't think the Bengals had a chance, and honestly, my jinx worked. But I'm not going to make a prediction this game. That being said, I have a lot of thoughts. My first one, when, you know, in the Rams won, and my first thing, my first thought when the Rams beat the 49ers last week was, there's a matchup issue with the Rams versus the Bengals in like every position. Okay, offensive line, the Bengals offensive line is terrible. The Rams defensive line is phenomenal. We know that. Um, the, the Bengals have have a great receiving core. I get that. They have Jamar Chase, the rookie of the year. I get that. But the Rams also have one of, if not the best, cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the, the Bengals, their their DBs have not been fantastic this year. Their past defense has not been amazing by any any stretch, and, and, and the Rams have two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So I have a lot of worries there. The, on paper, I do not think it looks great for the Bengals, but that being said, I think the Bengals have proven um, to a lot of people that they, they're capable of beating any team in the NFL, and I think if you can beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, the last stadium in the NFL, then I think the Bengals have a chance of beating the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um just a fun fact, the, the the Super Bowl is the most expensive Super Bowl of all time. The tickets have never been more expensive. So um, I don't know how many people from Cincinnati are going to get going to that game. I can promise you I'm not dropping ten grand to go a trip to L.A. I love the Bengals, but I I will have just as much fun watching it on, on TV here. Um, but that being said, I mean, let's just be honest. Everyone's thinking it. The Bengals are basically America's team. So that stadium will be pro-Bengals. Come on now. I mean, <laughs> can we agree? The Bengals are America's team. Like, that, that's not a question. That's not, that's not me yeah, being biased. That's that. a fact, okay? That's just a fact. Um, so, yes, I don't think the, the, the Rams playing in Los Angeles is going to be a huge advantage for them in any way. Um, but I am worried. I am, I, I am worried about the game. We'll see. I, I'd said, I don't know, 20 minutes ago, I think about it for most of my days at this point. Um, and I will continue to stress about this game until it happens a little over a week from now. Um, but at the very least, I'm happy. I mean, I said last week that that was the biggest sporting event of my life. This is by far next Sunday going to be the biggest sporting event of my life. Biggest sporting event in Cincinnati in a very long time. Um, it's just kind of crazy to me how a team like the bank, like, the city of Cincinnati is freaking on fire right now. Like people are so thrilled about it. It's just crazy. And I, in my lifetime, I've never seen like the Cincinnati's never had a team like that. So it's crazy right. to see all these people and how excited they are. I mean, everywhere you go, there's Bengals stuff. The stores have been sold out of Bengals stuff for weeks now. It's just crazy. Um, what a team can do for a city like that. So it's been really cool. It's been an awesome ride. Um, obviously I'm happy there's in the Super Bowl, but honestly, I'm sad that this is the last game I'm going to watch this year. Cause like you guys said, these playoffs have been phenomenal. This season's been awesome for the NFL. Um, and yes, I'm worried about it, but I'm also just super excited about about this Super Bowl and about this season coming to a close. Because, like I said, it's been an awesome season for the Bengals, but also for just the NFL in general, um, and a lot of things to remember and to take away from from these last couple months for sure. A hundred percent. Well, I think we'll end the podcast there for today. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Um, of course, subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. Follow us on Twitter at the Small Bar or the link in the description. Click the link in the description uh, so you keep up to date with everything we come out. Like I said, we're going to have two episodes next week, um, one on Sunday, one on Monday, 100% for the Super Bowl. Hopefully, Ben is happy on that episode rather than sad, but we shall yeah. see. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening today, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons.